Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome one, welcome all. It is the NFC East mixtape, and this is March. This is the greatest crossover event ever attempted in the history of mankind. Uh, you can hear this podcast on all four NFC East platforms at SB Nation, Blog of the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hogs Haven, Big Blue View for your Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, and Giants content. I am Arjo Cho from Blog of the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. BLG, happy March to you. RJ, I can't wait to share with the listeners our bracket that we made uh <laughs> this big field this tournament that we have of something that is definitely real uh actually no we, we don't have a plan for today's show so that's fun so uh full disclosure like right away we'll just straight up blg and i i thought we had a plan actually last when we stopped recording last week we said we went over something and you said that sounds cool so i actually moved forward with that mm-hmm. assumption and then on Tuesday morning, the day we record, you were like, hey, what do we talk about this? And I was like, that's really boring. And then you were like, what do we talk about this? And I was like, that's really boring. And so um, we hated each other's ideas. So we decided, well, it's time to record. Let's just kind of let's just be and let's figure it out. Let's riff, baby. Just riffing, <laughs> baby. In the words of Daryl Morey, um, it's kind of a tough spot, RJ, to, to, to be us. I mean, obviously, it's never a tough spot to be us. Great jobs and whatnot. But in terms of content creation and everything uh we're on the precipice of the combine here it's just starting out as we're recording really uh, all the interviews and stuff are just about to take place right after we're done recording this we're recording on tuesday march 1st at 11 17 a.m eastern the uh, premier time zone if you will so here we are yeah um actually we normally record at 11 a.m central that's kind of like our normal window um and when i first messaged you to set this up again we're really stalling for time um i said let's do 11 a.m central and you said cool that sounds good and i actually said wait a minute that's when mike mccarthy is scheduled to speak so we need to go earlier so we've actually landed the nfc's mixtape in some weird um moments so far especially this off season um you know there are people who like survivor that, that we you know we both obviously like survivor coming back next week by the way yeah and our show drops on wednesdays which is survivor days but so we have to wait an entire week to like offer our thoughts on what happened what's more is our show dropped on a wednesday when the commanders revealed their team name so we literally had to wait an entire week to do that so um not the best planning as far as our content is concerned it fits the best with our schedule um so you just got you know pros and cons it's really the way it works yeah maybe we should reschedule it (laughs) maybe not um i'm looking at twitter here what's what's mike mccarthy gonna say what's he even gonna say of interest anything so i am very very intrigued interested both um to see what mccarthy has to say because this is the first time he's going to speak since he went on the rich eisen show and clapped back at jerry jones he went on like himself right like he like invited himself on or like i mean i don't know that specifically but it was just him and he wasn't like it wasn't during super bowl radio row where he was promoting like you know uh i don't know undies yeah (laughs) i mean something it was just mccarthy it was actually the week after the super bowl it was like this it was like the tuesday after the super bowl it's like two weeks ago almost um that he just showed up and it was like yo i i want to talk and you know spilled a lot of things like completely on his own and so i'm anxious to see if he sings the the company song or if he is his own dude and i i honestly like i've told you a thousand times i want mccarthy to have full autonomy over this season that's not saying i believe in him but i need to see it like if, if we're gonna do this then do it you know what i mean like if you're gonna be mike mccarthy's team then be mike mccarthy's team and you know what mike mccarthy like if you're gonna go down this season do it your way dude you know what i mean like like don't go down just you know playing the guys that, that jerry and steven want you to play 
oh man dude steven and i already complained about this on a podcast for our listeners but steven on monday was asked about amari cooper and demarcus lawrence and was like we'll see we you know we, we haven't had any of those discussions yet that does not feel good but asked about zeke literally that guy's a warrior i, I want that guy on my team um he's he's great he played through an injury and like the most amazing part of uh, there's two amazing things one is that he said these things like literally a minute apart so he's like completely contradicting himself but what's more is he thinks it's this flex that zeke played through injury that they played him through injury despite having tony pollard on their team so i am uh i am down in the dumps as far as confidence the only thing i have to hold on to as a sports fan right now because i'm also a manchester united supporter um is uh my detroit pistons fandom that we were talking about um and that's only looking back on a team that was basically 20 years ago so uh good times yeah, the Pistons today, not not as good, I would say. I believe they're tied for the worst record in the NBA. Um, so not great for that. Uh, what What's going to happen with Amari Cooper and DeMarcus there, I My personal guess, not a report or anything, my personal guess is they cut them both. I think mm. they're cutting Amari wow. and Demarcus Lawrence. This is the Stephen Jones cycle, and I've already gotten a lot of content out of this. Like I tweeted it, wrote about it, podcasted about it. But so I'll tell you, Stephen Jones loves to wait. All right, loves to wait and pay players. Do you realize that he has tagged two different players twice in recent memory? It's hard to do. Like it, like it's it's a very rare thing for one team to tag a player twice. He's done that twice with Demarcus Lawrence and Dak Prescott, and then given them both long-term deals. Thankfully, I might add, but it, it shows a complete inability to forecast the market on behalf of the person who's supposed to be a professional at this very specific thing. He also blinked when Ezekiel Elliott held out. I mean, Steven <laughs> thinks that he's like this grand wizard at negotiating, but he loses time and time and time again. And so he's now, you know, talked himself into, well, you know, he loves to talk about pie. What's your favorite pie, Bill G? Um, pizza pie. Mm, what a great answer. I was going to bag on you if you didn't say pecan, but that's a great way to answer that. I uh, said pizza, by the way, not pecan. I know. I was If you had said like pumpkin or something like that, I was going to bag on you. I like pumpkin you. for dessert. Yeah. But. That's what I'm saying, though. But for, like, you can't mean out of nowhere with pizza. That's a great way to, to and a great way to keep it topical with the Pistons well, uh, arena, Little Caesars arena. There's actually this kind of pizza where I grew up. Uh, RJ, when uh, the moon hits your eyes, <laughs> watch out! You're gonna get us uh, DMC8 or whatever. Um, uh, it's called Trenton style tomato pie. It's like a pizza, but it's different because the sauce is on top. It looks like a pizza. It's basically very similar, but it's a little bit better. It's a little bit crispier. You can look it up after the show, and uh, it's some of the best pizza in the United States. Probably you want a hot take? Yeah. There's no like I don't care about like new york chicago pizza i'm like i don't have a dog in this fight like <laughs> it's all good it's, it's all yeah, it's pizza that's what i'm saying like but i will say i prefer i think this is chicago style you're more of a foodie than i am i prefer the thicker kind like i want a thick pizza i don't want this thin that's, and that's oh fair. i got attacked for this last week by the way on twitter um when we talked about it but i want i want like it to be like a pie like i want thick and i i want to eat it with a fork and knife like i want so it to be want that complicated dish. yeah so i'm saying i, I want think- deep dish is great and too many people bag on it the internet like hates it just like they hate like mayo and all this other stuff i know you're a part of that um the mayo it's like gross. a nickel bag and just like it's a very like yeah. common denominator it's called avcc kirk cousins which you jump on yeah, no for that sure. is mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. a different thing um because he gets a lot of praise from a lot of people but um mm-hmm. anyway i have a theory about pizza that i've kind of been working on been crafting it carefully and i think the best pizza is sauce on top I think we we traditionally think of like pizza dough, then you put the sauce on, then you put the, cheese. the no. cheese. I think that's wrong because I think the sauce is kind of like it disrupts the crust texture, I think. And with deep dish, like you're talking about Chicago style, they actually do cheese on the bottom. It's the dough in the pan, and then they put the cheese down on that, and then they put the sauce on top. And I think because of how like the sauce cooks too with like direct heat right on it as opposed to underneath the cheese, I think like there's something to it like cooking better. I don't know. I think with uh, – with Chicago deep dish, with Detroit style deep dish, which is kind of like really come up and like been a thing uh, in the food world. And I think it's also really good. They also ladle the sauce on top of that pizza. It's not underneath. And then tomato pie, like I said, Trenton style tomato pie, they also sprinkle the sauce on top. So sauce on top, cheese on the bottom. That's the best pizza. I've looked up this Trenton style tomato pie and um... it's thinner, but it's good. It's not like 
So you're saying you're like thicker, but I think you would like this. The taste is really good. Yeah. This you can eat the, a ton of it too. You can eat like a whole pizza. Like I can eat a whole pizza of almost any kind of pizza. So I'm looking I'm at huge. this one photo, and we'll get back to Stephen Jones ruining the Cowboys in a minute. Um, but it's like all sauce. Is it, I, don't, I don't know if that's what you're talking about. No, because like there's a there's a like that's where tomato pie can get a little tricky. Because in Philly, tomato pie is more of just like an actual maybe like square rectangular kind. That's of That's what I'm looking bread. at. It's like it looks no. like a pool, like a pool no. where the water is sauce, and then there's just like no. a little bit of cheese sprinkled on top. No, 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 no. That's that's a different kind of tomato pie. This is that's why I said specifically Trenton style tomato pie. That's a big pizza pie. That's amore. Actually, oh. people used to say that's amari. Uh, that was like a thing. Like mm. when the Cowboys first traded, we're like that's amari. Transition and, king. And Stephen wants to kill that. Um, why? So, like why? But, so why is... so that's a, that's his thing. Yeah. Like he 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 you know loves to like refuse to pay players and then overpay players and then talk about how they're taking up too much percentage of the pie and then feel like well we need some salary cap space. Why do they need salary cap space? Because BLG, the Cowboys take big swings at free agents every single year. No, they need salary cap space to just like hoard um, and sign their value guys. Like, and some of those, you know, pan out. Like this this past season, they got a few of them, like Carlos Watkins and Jaron Curse. But that doesn't happen every single year. Uh, but it did, you know, which is only going to validate his theory. And then they get an influx of talent, and then those guys reach a point where they need new contracts. So soon enough, it will be Micah Parsons, and he will drag his feet on that, and then he will overpay him, and then he'll be somebody who takes up too much percentage of the pie and then they'll have to do something there and so it's just like like look i mean i don't want to talk about quarterback contracts like i'm so grateful that's not a part of my life this offseason but steven is here like oh man well you know when your quarterback's taking up 40 million dollars you know you can only do so much that's true steven but if you had had the foresight three years ago you wouldn't be paying him 40 million dollars you'd be paying him like 36 million dollars and it'd be like well in the past by now but because you don't know how to do this that's where you're setting things up to fail. I mean, they literally said, BLG, he did on Monday, you know, he, he effectively said they know they can kick the can down the road with restructures. And you shouldn't do every restructure. But And he said, but but we don't want to do that. Imagine you're Mike McCarthy. <laughs> and, and, you know, like your season's on the line. And they're like, dude, I think we're going to get rid of Amari and Demarcus Lawrence. But uh, good luck. Um, you know, we'll see you later, coach. That would suck. Do you want Amari and or Demarcus Lawrence gone? I don't. I like, mean, do you think it's the right move for the team? No, like I'm not going to sit here and like die on the Amari or Tank Hills, but I mean, I think they're both very good players. Again, like where they rank within the like you know spectrum of like best Cowboys players to worst Cowboys players, I don't exactly know, but they're both top seven players at the absolute worst, and the team is much better with them than without them. What's more is there is uncertainty at both of those positions this offseason. At wide receiver, Michael Gallup is a free agent. Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown are both free agents, obviously lower-level players, but still important. And Randy Gregory is a free agent at defensive end. And they don't want to commit Micah Parsons to playing pass rusher full-time. And, like, if you wanted to do that, I still would think it was dumb, but at least you have an answer. But, like, there is a world where not just world. <laughs> not just Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup are both gone from your receiver room, but Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory are both gone from your defensive end rotation. So I don't see how that makes you good, uh, let alone I don't see how that jives with Jerry Jones's, I'm so mad I would do anything to win a Super Bowl. No, like, and I, that's why when all these Cowboys fans bought that line after the season ended, they were like, well, Jerry's pissed, man. Watch out. He's going to do something. They haven't done anything. And what's more is they're only going to strip away from this team that already wasn't good enough. That's my rant. That's Amare. It's kind of funny how quickly things can change. And I think you talked about this or someone did on BTB recently about how, oh, man, look at the Cowboys. They have Amare Cooper. Then they draft CeeDee Lamb. And then Michael Gallup's a good player, too. And now it's like, I mean, Dude. I guess you're going to resign Gallup if you don't bring back Amare Cooper. But, I mean, he's still going to be a free agent. Um, that was that was me that wrote what you're talking about. And uh, two years ago when they drafted CD, it was like, well, they could all go for a thousand yards like in a, in a season. And granted, Dak got hurt. And then that was, you know, the first season because we, we've only gotten 12 games with all three. And that's football. Like you, you right. can't expect like that things are ever going to go your way. But so we've only gotten 12 games. So the first season, only Amari went over a thousand yards. But again, Dak only played five games, not even five, four games. And the second season, Michael Gallup missed a lot of time. Amari Cooper missed time. CeeDee Lamb missed a game. They all missed some time, but CeeDee Lamb did go over a thousand yards. So in six total opportunities, you know, two for each of them, 
you only have two thousand yard seasons or thousand yard seasons to show for it. They're seven and five in the twelve games that they have played with those players uh, and Dak Prescott, for what it's worth. And most of those wins are against the NFC East. Woo, baby! Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, I had an Eagles thing that uh, I wanted to share with you. Just that I was actually talking to uh, stats about the other night because. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he sent me this article that I, I had already read at the time from Football oh, Outsiders. Big flex. I don't, I don't know if you saw. Oh, this. is it, oh no? Wait a minute. Is this the uh, the thirty two fan base delusions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Mike Taylor. I sent Ooh. that to him, and then okay. he tried to pawn it off to you. Is like, look at this cool thing I found. Wow, the audacity! Wow, <laughs> but it was Seeing great. How the sausage gets made here. Oh, but so I know this. This is something that I've been saying. Is what well, you're about to talk about? Okay, okay, let's sing the songs of RJ now. Let's go. Well, I think this is a little bit of a straw man. And I like Mike. Don't get me wrong. I think Mike is a really good writer. Uh, I'd say we're friendly. But this idea. Who that, wrote like, the article you're talking about? Just, yes. Um, that was an Outsiders uh, about 32 fan delusions. The one for the Eagles is like the delusion is that Howie Roseman sucks. And there's some stuff in there about like, oh, he's not a football guy. Do I ever say that? That's never my criticism of him. My criticism of him is I think he outsmarts himself a lot. Um, And I also think that he isn't honest with, and the Eagles as a collective, I've been saying this for a while, are not honest about how they evaluate themselves. Like this idea that, oh, they missed the playoffs just once in the last five years. Like that sounds really good on paper. But when you kind of like drill down into it a little bit deeper, and I want to give credit to Shil Kapadia here, a uh, friend of the SB Nation NFL show, also a friend of BGN Radio and kind of just, I would say, a friend of mine. Um, so not friend of the mixtape. Just, you know, this cool. Just we leave, leave us out in the yet. We Well, that's whose on. fault is that? If he's, if he's your friend in all these capacities, whose fault is that? I'm not blaming you. It's my fault, but I'm saying we should get him on at some point. Anyway, the point of this argument is that, and, and stick with me for a little bit here because it's it's a long walk maybe, but uh, or maybe it's not. The Eagles have played 65 games since winning the Super Bowl, RJ. Where do you think they rank in terms of point differential and winning percentage? I, I don't need exact rankings. That's maybe hard, but like, where do you think? Like, you know, like middle of the, third pack, of the league. But, yep. Because middle of the pack. if I say, like, I'm, re- I'm refreshing, like I'm, I'm going through it in my mind, like the season since 2018, I wouldn't say they limped into the playoffs, but they got into the playoffs somewhat strongly I mean, uh, off of Nick Foles at the end. And then they, they have they a, literally they have a they were in, they were in week 17 and they needed the Bears to win with, with no reason to play their starters. Right. And the they, Vikings, lost, they, Stuart, did, they beat the Kirk, they beat the Kirk Cousins led Vikings. Right. Yeah. Um, and then they beat the Bears in the playoffs off the double doink. Right. So. Okay. And that's so also that's 20, like. Going back to that, by the way, like everyone talks about how if Alshon didn't drop that pass, they make the Super Bowl again. Well, it's like, doesn't that kind of even out though with the double doink? It's like you got, oh, yeah, like the double doink. And you got unlucky with Alshon thing. It's not like that evens out. It's not like, oh, you just terrible luck. People never look at that. Like, I think a great example, I always think about this, but the 2014 playoffs. So you've got, um, like if you start at the beginning, uh, the Anthony Hitchens flag gets picked up against Detroit for the Cowboys, and the Cowboys win that game. And then the next week, the Dez catch happens. So the Cowboys right. are then on the wrong end of that. And then the next week, the Packers have like 18 things go wrong against the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. And then in the Super Bowl, they have the not run with Marshawn Lynch and Malcolm Butler picks it off, and, and the Seahawks. Lose. So it's like you that, that that will always kind of that's the way football works and life works. Mm-hmm. It'll always kind of balance itself out. But so hang on, moving on. 2019, yep. they win the division like kind of barely. And I would say that's because Dallas like collapsed with, you know, on the, the final legs of Jason Garrett and Carson Wentz got all the credit for that. Like, oh, he took all these practice squad receivers and blah, blah. And, you know, Greg Ward Jr. He's a San Antonio commander. And soon enough, there'll be Washington commanders. And so but then they get embarrassed in the playoffs uh, by the Seahawks. And then 2020 just kind of a total and complete failure. And this year only made the playoffs as the new added wildcard team. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of hollow. I agree. Like they are 18th in point differential and 19th in winning percentage to put exact figures on it. They're just, my thing has been like, they're mediocre and irrelevant from a league wide landscape. Like not really talking about them on the SB nation NFL show, unless like maybe I'm involved or like, you know, some kind of connection to that, but like better point, like, I read, you know, Football Morning in America by Peter King and Albert Breer's Monday Morning Quarterback every week. And the Eagles are like barely in there. And if they are, it's very like tangentially. It's not even like directly about them. They're like maybe referenced. Um, and that's like over a consistent amount of time. It's not just like recently. And that might change coming up here with these first round picks, but I'll get to that. Um, like this idea, though, that like Howie Roseman is actually great and everyone is an idiot who criticizes him. I mean, the Eagles in the last four seasons, RJ, 
they've played 48 games against teams that aren't the Giants and the Washington football team, who've been largely a disgrace for the most part. They are 19 and 29 in those games. They have four straight seasons without a top 10 DVOA finish. Maybe you're not the biggest DVOA. You're talking about overall DVOA. Yeah, overall DVOA. Like not just like a single unit, like overall DVOA. Four straight seasons without a top 10 finish. Why is that significant? It's because it's the first time in franchise history since 1984 to 1987 that that has happened. Like, like, isn't that kind of a signal that this isn't this amazing era? And maybe there should be criticism here. I think, I mean, you're doing this, but I think we tend to live in these like extremes. So like, like we ought, we love to say, and I say this seriously, like it, it can, like multiple things can be true. And so, and I know you're not saying like Harry Roseman's an imbecile. I know that's not the take, but like, think like you mentioned, like, how the Eagles are somewhat insignificant, whatever. Like who, who, like, I'm just going to rip off some teams in the NFC. Okay. These are the teams that I would categorically say have been far more successful than the Eagles in this stretch of time. Tell me if you disagree with any of them, the Rams, I would put the bucks there just because if you win a super bowl, like even if it's just one year, you know, you get that, but we did have the second season, obviously of Tom Brady, the Packers. We agree with that, right? Those three for sure. Yeah, for sure. I would put, I would put the saints there. If we're talking since like 2017 ish, um because that was kind of the tail i mean that was the the great draft class three straight 13 win seasons or whatever right so i would put the saints there so there's four i would probably put the seahawks there still i know that the last few years have left a a kind of bad taste in our mouth um with with the the Eagles in the playoffs right and so did the saints too i mean to that point but Mm -hmm. so okay so we're up to five teams now but tell me if any of these teams maybe the 49ers too yeah so six teams six teams definitely 49ers okay (laughs) But none of these, and like maybe the Cowboys are kind of equal with the, with the Eagles in this sense. Like I think that since in the time since the Eagles won the Super Bowl, so twenty eighteen, yeah. right, twenty eighteen to now, I think they're both well ahead of these NFC franchises. The Cardinals, and tell me if you disagree. Cardinals, Falcons, Panthers, Vikings, Bears, Lions, Washington, and the Giants, easily, sure. right? Yeah. So like, you're you're right, and like you're <laughs> That's right. That, mediocre. There's no, but like out of them and the six teams below them, or but whatever. my my point is like it's kind of like everyone's mediocre like there's no like even, okay, the, te- even the teams we listed the the packers the bucks the rams the saints the falcons and the seahawks or the, the 49ers and the seahawks sorry there's two super bowls from from that to show for like the like we love to trash the nfc east i don't know if you heard this blg but people caught the nfc least because it sucks uh but the nfc as a whole kind of sucks like that that take is not out there like we love to focus on the nfc west and how they have you know it's so great so competitive blah blah blah. but like that are you that means... Murray's agent all of a sudden oh yeah oh, two-time pro bowler double whatever so lame toughest division uh, in sports <laughs> but the nfc as a whole is kind of weak and has been really in that time i mean like it, the Saints dominated it without even winning the NFC. The Packers haven't won the NFC. The Rams have won it the most times of anybody in this stretch of time and did it once with an awful quarterback. I mean, so like it's it's kind of a ho-hum conference where if you are occasionally really good, which I think is the case for Howie Roseman, you are one of the better, more elite people by product of the circumstances around you. I mean, I just think it's crazy how it's like he's actually a top five GM, or he deserves. I think he is. I, I think he is because because like there's so tore... much mediocrity around him. Like okay. as as far as his competition. All right, but he tore down this team and is now getting credit for like, oh, he did such a good job last year. It's like, well, like it didn't need to be in a rebuild if he freaking like was better at sustaining it. Like he tore it down in a way that gets forgiven because it's like well he was trying to maximize the super bowl window what's like okay well first of all he misjudged the timing on that and second of all his execution of that was terrible so he doesn't like get credit for like trying something like it wasn't it wasn't like he was trying to do this brilliant thing it just didn't work out like no like it it didn't work out because he made a lot of bad decisions and there are concerns moving forward about okay maybe he's good at like starting a rebuild and starting things over but like what are the eagles going to do once they get to the point where they're ready to contend can he get them and can he maintain he's shown the ability to build can he maintain i don't know like, i don't i don't think we know the answer to that so yeah i'm not trying to say he's an imbecile i have a question for you though mm. related to all this and this is the one that she'll pose too what is Friend more likely NFC's mixtape what is more likely for the eagles in 2022 they make the divisional round where they miss the playoffs. Hmm. <laughs> it's missed the playoffs. No, I, I disagree because 
Like, I think if you make the playoffs, like if, if we think they're a playoff team, then the answer is the division around, right? Because at that point, you're just one, you know, one win away if, you know, if you're not the one seed. And I mean, again, if we're playing like what's more likely playing off of likelihoods and probabilities and whatever, we love to talk about how this division hasn't had a repeat champion since 2004. And so if, if we live in that world where the Cowboys don't win the division and I just sat here and crapped all over them. Are the Commanders winning it? <laughs> Are the Giants winning it? I mean, I mean you can still win it and not make it to the division. No, but but that's why even like you're right, that's possible. But for that reason, I would I would take that as more likely because mm. I think that the Eagles are the most likely non-Cowboys team to win the division, well, sure. and that that puts them one game away from achieving that. So I would say that. Who do you think is more likely out of the Giants and the Washington to win the, the division? Yeah, the Giants, because I think it's. Um, to be clear, I don't think any of these things are likely, but I think it's more likely that Daniel Jones sees a Josh Allen-like bump from Brian Dable than it is that Washington finds a quarterback to take them to the next level. You know what I mean? Do you agree? Yeah. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. On the subject of Washington... Um, I saw this a little while ago. Oh, actually, I saw this, like, this has been all over the place, that the commanders are going to take a big swing at a quarterback, Brandon. They want Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or, I mean, whoever the case is going to be. But we talked about this last week, how um, there's this, like, social media thought that because Russell Wilson changed his profile photo on Twitter to a photo of him in high school when he played high school football in Virginia – that he is headed to like, I, I love stuff like this. Like I, I love connecting loose social media dots. This is way beyond anything I would ever do. Uh, but uh, Russell was on the Today Show on Tuesday. Did you know this? You a big Today Show fan? No. What's your favorite Good Morning Show? Your Good Morning America or Today Show in, in the, really, the battle? I don't really watch any of those anymore. I used to be a Good Morning America person. Uh, that would was that on before or after Regis and Kelly? I used to watch some Regis and Kelly. Remember it's, being like home at, at in the summer and and have watching that. So I've shown you this before. I have um, this is not an ad, but I have Fubo and uh, as my TV provider, and I have an Apple TV as the device that like powers that. And there is a function where you can have a quad screen, so you can have like four things on. Once I actually have that on behind quad box. You. And um, so I, you know, I normally have like, you know, good morning football on one. I've generally got ESPN on one golf channel on the other. And so, you know, to keep me, keep me aware of the events in the world, I have a morning show on. I am team good morning America. Um, so it seems like you Big are Michael as well. Street, and, man, right? uh, yeah, well, and Regis and it's not Regis and Kelly. No, it's uh, Ryan and Kelly uh, comes on after. Rest in peace. Regis. Too. Right. Um, so, um, Russell was Russell Wilson was on our rival show uh, on the date today's show on Tuesday and our was asked, show. "Well, we're we're Team Good Morning America." Uh, by the way, NFC okay. mixtape listeners, are you Team Good Morning America or Team Today's Show? Uh, let us know on Twitter. Brandon is at Brandon Gunn. I am at RJ Ochoa. Use hashtag show since everybody loved the hashtag. No, thing. you can't. <laughs> no, this is so you can't do this because it's so bad when you click on it and it's just a bunch of crap. You want to see other people like okay. listeners want to find other listeners and maybe engage or at least we can track it better. It has to be like, um, you know, uh, hashtag watch. Hash, how about how about this hashtag mixtape morning because it's a morning okay. show. Good job. Here we go. Are you mixtape morning? <laughs> All right. Uh, so, t- uh, BLG and I are firmly team good morning America. Um, you know, are you uh team today show, but Russell Wilson was on the today show and was asked about going to Washington as in, um, you know, DC. And he said, I'm from Richmond. I know what you mean. I got people hitting me up every day, all my friends and all that from the East coast. Why aren't you doing it in his voice? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got this. I got this. I'm from Richmond. I, I know what you mean. I got people hitting me up every day. All my friends and all that from the East Coast. But 
Seattle's the place to be I'm at right now, and I love it. I, I love it. Seattle, go Hawks, baby. I mean, you know, because over on, on the West Coast, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we call ourselves the West, you know, Cali gets the, the West Coast vibes, LA. I know the, the Rams won the Super Bowl, but, you know, we're the West Coast too. You you see it on Sunday Night Football, right? We, we throw the fish at, at the at the place, and, and we, we've got the, the, you know, Starbucks, and, and Grey's Anatomy is, is, and you know what's funny uh, is, is Grey's Anatomy is actually on ABC, and that's that's Good Morning America. I know I'm here on the Today Show, it's NBC, you know, whatever, but, but Sunday Night Football on NBC shout out Mike Tarico, baby uh but but yeah so go go Hawks and uh yeah no no to the commanders yeah go Hawks baby that's what he said yeah um but yeah so why would anybody want to go there I mean money <laughs> the only thing they can offer like in theory the but only not thing, actually I think the only thing they can offer is Terry McLaurin that's it like, and and like cool you have a wide receiver to throw to you have that on a lot of teams if Who would you rather have, Terry McLaurin or DK Metcalf? And Tyler Lockett. Uh, well, wait, both? I mean, if you're, you know. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, you, anyone is taking Metcalf and Lockett. I think right. they were well, just Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Well, that's the situation that, sure. that Russell's in. You you kind of like touched on this, but you didn't totally get there. And that's what I'm here for, to take this thing across the goal line. This mm. is truly a battle of the Washington football teams. Like it, you know, know, it's really what this is about. The Which Washington, Washington is superior football team versus the former Washington football team mm. now. Um, so in a way, not. Uh, yeah, Russ isn't going there. Um, I was thinking if we were going to talk about the biggest needs. Well, hang for- on. Sorry, no, hang on. Before you okay. go there, there um, the Hogs Haven Twitter account tweeted mm-hmm. out. Uh, everybody, go to Hogs Haven for your Washington Commanders content uh, on Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning is also a retail store, just so everybody is aware of that. Uh, I'm just going to read the tweet uh, on Twitter at Hogs Haven. Mitch Trubisky is rapidly gaining traction as Plan B if Washington <laughs> strikes out on Rogers, Wilson, or Watson per team sources. Trubisky. <laughs> would very likely be paired with a rookie quarterback. That worked out very well for him. Uh, but they just don't view him as a bridge option. Think he was a bad fit in Nagy's offense. So now we're blaming Matt Nagy. <laughs> that is so, I, mean, I hate you, that this, this, so much. That, this is your thing. Like, sometimes yeah. bad people, bad, bad people are bad. That's it. Like, it doesn't have to be one person's fault. That's it. I mean, well, you know. Carson, didn't the Carson Wentz thing just disprove all of that? Like, oh, he was just a bad fit with Doug Peterson in Philly. Get him back to Frank Reich because he'd be totally fine. No, he wasn't. <laughs> the Carson Wentz thing is amazing, dude. Like, I I think it's – I don't think the Colts are roasted enough for what they did with this. I don't, I don't think, think the Colts Wentz are roasted enough roasted in general. Still. I, I went on a Colts diatribe on Monday Football Monday on the Explanation NFL show. I hate the Colts now. I agree with you that Ballard and Reich are skating off too easy. I, I think Wentz is getting off too easy a little bit just based in terms of – the not from a Colts perspective, they're obviously throwing him under the bus. But I saw like Bill Barnwell's uh, article or whatever, mm-hmm. or like what all AFC like one the one thing that all right, the right. AFC teams should do, and it was like keep Carson Wentz because actually he wasn't that bad. I've seen a lot of this. Actually, he wasn't that bad. Like you have to look beyond the stats, people. Like like the numbers look great, sure, but like they were running the ball almost right. less than any other team because they couldn't trust him to throw. I will and, say this: he he's like. I categorize not that bad as like a club, right? Like there's there are a lot of people in the not that bad club. Wentz, Garoppolo, Trubisky, uh, Dalton. You know what I mean? And so like if like if you have one of them, you have all of them. Is that was my argument on Monday Football yeah. Monday? Like so you shouldn't you shouldn't cut Wentz just to go get one of those guys. Mm. Was was my only point. And that again, I'm not like caping for Wentz, but that's just like that's just where they are. But they made this bet. Yeah, I mean I'm not cutting Carson Wentz so you can trade for Jimmy G. Correct. But, but that I mean, would be the move. That would literally be like it. It would cost so like for the Colts. It would it would cost this you know dead cap hit from Wentz and whatever draft compensation. And they already don't have a first round draft pick because of the Wentz trade to to like make a lateral move at best. Like you know what I'm saying? Like for for Garoppolo, like what? Like that's stupid. Um. So whatever. Somehow this turned into a conversation about the Colts, uh, which is sad. But that's who Washington is. They're just that uninspiring. Like. They are so insignificant, dude. I mean, like, just blah. I feel bad for Stabby. Outside of quarterback, which is their obvious biggest need, and yes, I also feel bad. No, I don't really feel bad. But, I mean, uh, it's too bad for him is what I will say. Um, they need a second receiver. I mean, like, it's Terry McLaurin. Oh, but dude, Curtis and... Samuel was awesome for Ron Rivera <laughs> in Carolina. 
He was awesome. They're going to be awesome. They're one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL. Up there with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. That was so dumb. Like, we called that from the jump. Like, we picked Curtis Samuel, right? I called it. You kind of jumped on board, but yes, we did call it. I mean, I think I I was never, like, I never understood, like, Curtis Samuel hype. Like, I never, I just never understood that. Um, Do you know who was uh, Washington's leading receiver last year? It was Terry McLaurin, right? But who was their second leading receiver? Hmm. Can, like, the fact that you don't even like can't even venture a guess at the top was it, is speaks to the, the the point here. It wasn't Logan Thomas. I'll give you. I that was going to guess Logan Thomas because he was hurt a lot. Well, I I mean, still, I mean, um, yeah. Was it Antonio Gibson? It was not. Who was it? It was J.D. McKissick, a running back. That is so second, sad. Oh my I know. There's second, not even and also like, like a wow. journeyman running back. And but not even I, like their top running back. Like, do you remember yeah. when? Speaking of like, and th- again, we do this where it's like people love to like take the Carolina things and apply them to Ron Rivera and Washington. People do that with like any person that has changed, you know, scenes or whatever. But like, remember the take in the preseason? It was like, well, Ron Rivera wants to use Antonio Gibson the way he used Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. Right. <laughs> like, it was so stupid that that That's was a something thing. that gets like shared on Instagram and is like, it gets to the eye, the, you know, the googly eye emojis and people are like, oh, watch out. Yeah. But J.D. McKissick outpaced him in terms of receiving yards. Let me read you the rest of Washington's like top eight or whatever it is here, receiving leader. So Terry McLaurin, over 1,000, obviously a great player. J.D. McKissick second. Adam Humphreys with with under 400 yards, by the way. 97 yards. Um, After that, Adam Humphreys, DeAndre Carter, Antonio Gibson, Ricky Seals-Jones, John Bates, Cam Sims, Logan I, Thomas I was going to guess Cam Sims as second. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, he was he's fourth on if you're just talking about wide receivers. So why do you say why was the emphasis on wide? Like there's like like, like actual like, just not like, like long like, receivers, thin well, receivers, like, like actual receivers and not running backs or tight ends. Mm. Uh, um. Wow. Yeah. There you go. It's sad. Dude, I I really think the Giants are turning it around a little bit. I'm, I'm a little bit bummed about this. I, I wrote something over the weekend. Um, that It was a poll at Blog and the Boys, and it was which team are you more afraid of right now as a Cowboys fan, I Eagles or Giants? And Everyone I didn't said inc- Eagles. Well, I didn't include Commanders for obvious reasons. Um, but And my whole premise was the answer is Eagles today. But long term, it's the Giants. Like I, I, I'm not saying like the Giants are building a monster. Like That's not my, my take no. here. But I do think they're stabilizing. And I think they're... At the, like if they reach normal mediocrity that's bad news like because then that two game yeah. sweep for dallas and philly every year is a one game split and now you're stuck yeah i mean the expect it's all about expectation and expectation well i actually you know what i i'm sorry because the eagles already split with the giants the eagles know, lost to joe judge last say. season they did that, that last wow. year and this the year. eagles lost to joe judge i just wanted you know, in case you didn't say that the eagles lost to a joe judge led team twice last this last season and the year before that he owns the Philadelphia Eagles. He's from, he's from Philly, and he's back in New England now. Um, oh, rise! That's the only judge that gets that, you know, with baseball's lockout and everything. So, I bet you love Aaron Judge. I bet you love that. Um, I've said the Yankees, out of all the New York teams, I don't – if I have to, like, pick one New York team that I don't hate, and it sounds crazy because everyone would probably take the Yankees because, you know, obnoxious bunch of Cowboys fans as well. Um like, I just think they're – well, part of it, too, is, I again, I grew up in an area where I would go to Trenton Thunder games, and they were, like, the double-A affiliate of the Yankees. So, like, you know, I saw, like, Bernie Williams. Um, and some Isn't of the Trenton the capital of New Jersey? It is. Look at me. Wow. Okay. Nice geography by you. What's the capital <laughs> of uh, Idaho? Des Moines? No, that's no. Iowa. Um, big, big whiff. Uh, like, I've always – like, I'm not the only person. But, like, they're the same state in my mind. You know, like, Idaho in Iowa. Yeah, like I blend them. Not even like, close. They're, they're the same like part of the map. You know, not what I mean? even, like, not even close. They're in the same neck I, of the woods. Do you know like, where Idaho is? It's the same way that um, like everything in the Northeast, all the tiny ones that need the lines on maps to like show you the name. All those are the same place to me. Name like, a Idaho. state that borders uh, Idaho. Montana. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Name a state Idaho. that borders Iowa. Montana. <laughs> no, not even close. Nevada. Uh, what's your favorite uh, northeastern state? Um, Massachusetts. Why? 
the only Egyptian. one I've been to. Yeah, it's the only one I've been to. I loved, you know, I, I, I mean, I also like. I'm sure there's like some, you know, eliteness or you know, pretentiousness here. I don't know what like qualifies as the Northeast. Like, I'm very, you know, unaware of this. So like, I yeah. like is is like Pennsylvania a Northeast state. You know what I mean? Like, I loved Pittsburgh when uh, my dad and I went to a, the Cowboys Steelers game uh, in 2016. I, I loved that. I don't think that qualifies. But Pittsburgh is like almost like the South to me. <laughs> I I loved loved Massachusetts. Like, I mean, like, obviously a lot of like American history. The food was great. We had some. It was cold. We had some clam chowder. You know what I mean? Had some great seafood. Like, you know, I and I think like when I think of like you know. I think I like a summer movie where they're like, we got to go to the coast, the East Coast. Like, we're, you know, they're going there. You know what I mean? Like, like Joss, yeah. Is that where Joss takes place? I've never seen Joss. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Look at you, King of References now. Uh, yeah. I watch all the movies and TV shows now. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't uh, think anything so else you like the Yankees. I, my take on that is I don't hate the Yankees as much as other people do, especially from Philly. My take on that is as your friend, my read is that of the Philly teams, the Phillies are the one you are least passionate about. So, um, I mean, it kind of depends on the, the moment. I would say I'm more interested in the Phillies right now, slightly, but more than the fires. The fires are just like directionless and don't have any interesting. There's there's literally no reason. So maybe this is like how some Washington fans feel or Giants fans have felt like there's literally no reason to watch the fires because like they don't have any young players. There's no like vision. Like w- when the Sixers were really bad and they went through the process and they were tearing it down. I watched all those games. because I still had fun because I like I understood there was a vision here. Like we have young players. We're going to be bad on purpose. We're all built, but we're building towards something. There's at least a long-term plan in place. Like with the fires and like for Washington and some of these directionless teams, like what's the reason to watch? Like what, what do you hang your hat on? There's nothing. Anyway, um, the giants getting it, getting it turned around. Sucks. Sucks to see. Yeah. I mean, again, it's all about expectation. Like I was saying here at the start and, they have such a low low bar to clear i i'm gonna be so depressed and look i love zeke and i don't want to turn into like cut zeke cuts that's not my point but i'm gonna be so depressed as just somebody who's rooting for the cowboys to like figure out the process to use that word that you just did i know you used it because it was like the process like that word had never been used before ever in the history of language but uh but anyway i'm gonna be so depressed when the giants cut saquon before i was just gonna say you were like circling around this and i was thinking in my head circling around like jaws Duh, yeah, circling duh. around like Jaws. By the way, James Harden duh, and uh, Joel Embiid looking very good. Feeling Jaws very Harden. Good about that. Jaws Embiid. <sighs> that doesn't make any sense. Um, what's like the move to you that makes you go, "Oh no!" Like the Giants, like they, they cut figure, Saquon. They, 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 yeah, right. Like, well, if, I think if, it would be like trading him. It's like you trade even for anything. Like even if they can get like a seventh or a sixth. Yeah, well, it's like I again. I find like that that speaks to Howie Roseman, who you called an imbecile. That he got a first round pick for Carson Wentz, like, like that's am- third, yeah. that's amazing. That he got anything um, is amazing. But I mean, if again, like you're right, if they trade it, it it only bolsters the idea in my mind. But if they cut, I, I would almost actually be more impressed if they cut him because it, it would be. It would I don't be think an, that's going to happen. But it would be an acceptance. It would be an acceptance of we just have to move on. Like that's mm-hmm. what's best for our team, and that's what the Cowboys won't do. And that's not only applicable to Zeke, but I mean that would that would trouble me the most as a Cowboys fan from the perspective of they are understanding the right way to think, and yeah. that would suck a lot. Um, so, and then you want to talk about like googly eye emojis? Like it would be like you know the Jets are interested in Saquon, although Michael <laughs> Thomas was awesome last year, but you know like. Who 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 would be the t- the 49ers are interested in Saquon? The Dolphins. Ky- Kyle Shanahan would would use him. He finally have an elite running back in his offense instead of Raheem Mostert and you know all these other people. Um, that's the only one I can think of at the top of my head. All these who other actually people. played for Miami as well. But um, cool. Um, let's predict that if Saquon is not a giant next season, he is a what? Dolphin. Mike McDaniel. Uh. Is there any like no? I guess not. I was, I, I was thinking like like Penn, Penn State. State. Um, not really. James Franklin. No, he's a Seahawk. He's a Seahawk. With I Russ. mean, that's like that's the right vibe. But uh, I think they're going to resign Penny after he had that stretch down the year, and I think they're going to make him 
their guy. And they still have Chris Carson, I guess, too. I don't know what's up with him. I guess his contract's going to be up. I don't know. I haven't nah. paid attention to that. Yeah, you know, Saquon, he just, you know, I, I watch his games <laughs> in college, and I mean, it's it's, it's remarkable. I mean, it, you know, you, you think it and you don't say, I mean, he reminds. He's going to bring Sa- up the, it's Barry the Superman touchdown. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I'm a Big Ten guy. I mean, you know, and so I, I, I never root for him against Wisconsin or anything, but, you know, but, but I mean, against Ohio State and Michigan, I mean, the, the big house, I mean, man, I mean, you know, it's, and and they, they had some great backs. I mean, you know, Miles Sanders was great, but Saquon, I mean, he's just another, I'm, I'm just excited. It's, it's a privilege to, to turn around and, and, you know, I know I get to hand the ball off to him and, and we got these these great offensive linemen blocking for us and these great receivers downfield blocking and these, these great coordinators coordinating and, you know, then we'll score a touchdown, great kicker, kicking field goals. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's go Hawks, baby. If Russell Wilson gets traded to the Giants, which I don't think he will, but if he does, how quickly does he adopt a New York accent? <laughs> that totally um, happens, right? Yeah, I, I actually will posit a different question to you, and this uh, this hinges on baseball being played. But but how quickly is Russell at a Yankees game? I mean, it's a, it's like the next day, yeah, right? Yeah, like, like, yeah right. <laughs> he's throwing out the first pitch the next day. It's yeah. literally the very next day. So. Um, yeah wow that'd be awesome um he'll do that with any team he goes to though probably they're like no, if, assuming they've no, not, not to the same not to the that level of speed like the the yankees not to that a, level but it will happen it will and happen then he, and then he'd be like in his you know in his interview there when he's being interviewed and he's wearing the like yankee jersey be like you know now now i just gotta go go to the garden you know and, and i want i want to sit next to spike and you know i <laughs> sierra and i we we have some projects when the works i would I, lo- I love making films i mean i, I love I've, I've been a producer on some things i was i was in the entourage movie i mean i would love to just you know just just be around that greatness you know and that's that, that's then that's the greatness we're looking to bring to the giants i mean you know is, is that great you know, go blue Go blue. Wouldn't it be a crime like if he, Russ doesn't end up in the NFC now, based on like how much <laughs> we talk about him here, and also almost a kind of a crime that uh, you didn't get to interview him. Although stats obviously did a good job when he interviewed Russell Wilson for the SB Nation NFL show, but like I must need you. I wish we could get him on the mixtape somehow, and uh, you could just interview him in his voice. I think that'd be really good. It would be Russ interviewing Russ. I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he might like it. I think he's like for all the crap that Russ gets about being like kind of like a robot and weird and like understandably so like I don't know like he was pretty good with stats like he, he played with stats and he threw it right back at him like he wasn't like a lot of because a lot of players I feel like would like shut that down or like be like like just kind of like not understand what was happening I realize Russ has become like the official meme of the mixtape but <laughs> to be very clear I love Russell Wilson like think about it like his worst quality is that he's too like corny and cheesy yeah. you know what I mean like he's a great person he's a great player he's a great like you know if you want to play he he's a great, great when he was he's a great role model like he's perfect he's like the perfect face of an organization like I love Russell he's, he's my favorite non-cowboy in the NFL and so I mean it was Jersey yeah I did and speaking of like you guys were talking about uh, all the broadcast moving pieces on uh uh, on the look ahead last week, I mean Russell Wilson, I don't think is there just yet. I think he still has a lot of good football in him, but I mean I think he's going to oh, be really dude. good. Like he was, I liked him a lot. I was so, I was surprised when because he was on I think with the first the the first Manning cast of the year, right? Like the second one, if I'm not it mistaken, was, it was the um, the Raiders Ravens. Yeah, Monday so it was the game. first then. Well, Duke, and it like that was the first time that Eli became invisible. Like it, yeah. it was just Russ and Peyton yep. like going back and forth, and it was awesome. Totally, with I, you. I was shocked too because you know you you have this perception of Russ like oh he's not going to say much. He's kind of like like he's going to be boring. But no, he was like he was great. I was like wow, this is like really good. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing from him in his post playing career after he retires from the Eagles in I've, 20. I've very very vividly remember after his rookie season when they lost in the divisional round to the Falcons um remember they had beaten RG3's Washington team in the wild card round he was on the NFL network um like you know morning show for a conference championship week and I remember Rich Eisen talking about like he's always like the first dude who shows up he's like at 5 a.m whatever for you know that show and Russ was already there like in the makeup chair whatever it was and like like he, like my point is like he, like he is a grinder, and like I respect that above anything else. Like, like we're bloggers. Like I respect the grind and the hustle, and that is who the Russell real hardworking is. people. Yeah, I mean no, but like you got to grind to be a blogger. That's all I'm saying. Like there's a grind. You know what I'm talking about. But like in a in a much more respectable way, Russell Wilson is a grinder. So I, you know, respect that. You got you got sometimes you know you know what they say, BLG. You know, the, the meat doesn't grind itself, and, and so you know. 
It, you see Jimmy Kemsky's calm about uh, why the Eagles should trade for Russell Wilson? Did you get a glimpse no, of that? No, and I don't care. Okay. Is If it's so that I can talk like this every week, then I'm cool with it. Yeah, you're welcoming. Well, you, you kind of do think <laughs> Russ is washed a little bit. You're kind of, or at least more so than maybe He's, some I people. I think his, his peak is behind it. That's how I would verbalize I, it. So the way that um, Jimmy actually put it, I think, uh, I heard him on the radio talking about his interview today. He was on WIP in Philly. Um, he was saying he felt like he almost saw like like the best of Russell Wilson that he's ever seen in his first five games before he got hurt last year. And obviously, the numbers are there to kind of help support that. But just based on like watching him, not just even looking at the stats, uh, that's how he felt. So I really – the thing that kills me, RJ, about like I don't I don't think Russ is going to be an eagle in part because I don't think he's going to want to come here or whatever like this idea that like the Eagles are too far away to trade for Russell Wilson I just I hate it so much it is the bane of my existence I really cannot it just makes no sense to me like what are you talking about you're too far away to have a Hall of Fame quarterback according to this one metric that is not like the certified thing but I tweeted out yesterday because it helped support my argument so therefore it's a good piece of data um guy named Arjan Menon, who kind of contributes to PFF. He came out with this quarterback health yeah. composite score thing. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw this. Um, and I don't. I couldn't find one for the end of the season, but this was from like early December. So, you know, a good sample size here for most of the season. Jalen Hurts was second in this metric last year. And that's not me saying I believe like the Eagles have the second best quarterback situation of any team in the NFL. I don't think that's the case, but this I, I, people, people are acting like they're like 32nd or like, you know, 30th, like they're at the very bottom of the league and you get a quarterback and it doesn't even make a difference. Like that is so stupid to me. It's crazy. And it's like, you have the picks now. You're not going to have them later. Like, I, I just think the time to get Russell Wilson, if you can get him is now. The time is now. BLG is the first person to ever say that sentence in any capacity in the history of mankind. Um, this was a good just riffing baby episode. Um, next week we'll be getting ready for free agency, so it'll be a little bit more organized. But um, on Twitter, Brandon Gunn, on Twitter, RJ Ochoa, hashtag mixtape morning to let us know which morning show you prefer. Uh, BLG, this is March. The last eight words belong to you. RJ can't win MVP on his own podcast. I hate you. Later, everybody. We love you. We love you, but not BLG. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.